Ladies and gentlemen, we are here for episode 104 of 101 here on the Legacy Maker Sports Network. And in this somber moment, it is the final uh, interview for our interview portion of season four. And I'm excited because today we're going to end it on the right foot. No pun intended. I know I, we talked about that a little bit earlier, but we're going to end it on the right foot today. Uh, and normally I would go into this spiel about uh, the amazing guest that I have, but I have a friend of mine that knows my guests extremely well that he decided uh, last week to kind of give my man some love. So I'm going to let him introduce the greatness I had before me. And, and before we go, I'm going to let you introduce my guest for next week. Oh my goodness. Yes. If you want to see what complete talent looks like, it's not his beautiful beard is only where it starts. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> The great Shukri writes, writing talent for the hockey news, not listed here, but I can tell you his coverage of the Boston Bruins is second to none. He does play-by-play -play action. His work with WMFO on 91.5 is fantastic. He is, the, he is a Boston fan that isn't just a Boston fan. Meeting entitlement is not where he lives. Make sure you check out Shukri writes on the 101 podcast from Legacy Maker Sports with Darrell Owens, episode 104. It's going to be a great time. I endorse this message. See, and now, look, normally I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I thought it was the only way. I thought it was that the only is, way that we do this, man. That's amazing. Well, first and foremost, um, thank you for having me on. It's a, it's an honor and a privilege to be here with you uh, on this episode. And and secondly, um, Kyle, Kyle Nash, like, the, the man's a stud. And I appreciate the intro so much. I'm humble and flattered by that. Um <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you picked a great, a, a great, uh, a photo. I mean, listen, I mean, although right now I definitely need a haircut, but I'm not gonna get it to my sleep. <laughs> but, but, I, but I'll keep, but I'll keep it real, man. Like, no, seriously, it's always great to, um, to be able to collab and you know, like, be on um, another um, a person of colors podcast or radio show, um, in in this industry and whatnot. So, no, I appreciate you having me on. Hey man, look, it's an absolute honor. Um, like I, I told you pre uh, before, it, it's you know I watched you from afar. I've seen you know in the last couple of years, and then we haven't really had a chance to like really talk. This is our first true time talking, yeah. but I've always seen your work, uh, and I've always seen you do. <clears throat> excuse me, I've always seen you do your thing, and I'm just like, yeah, he got to get on. Yeah, I got I got to get my man on on the show. So, Shukri, uh, once again, definitely glad to have you. But let's go ahead and get this party started the right way on one on one. You know how we always do it, y'all. We start off with the check-in. Shukri, we're going to start off with the check-in here, brother. And this is just a check-in on you. 
How's you? How's your family? How's your friends? How's life going for Mr. Wrights right now? I appreciate you asking. Um, my life right now is really interesting um, on, on so many fronts. Um, my friends are are just amazing, and I'm talking about my extended family um, uh, mostly. Like they're they're they've been amazing, and life has been really. It's just uh, just unbelievable, and and I, and I don't say that negatively. Uh, in terms of, you know, it's been a very, it's been a very eventful month to say the least. And I mean, right now, um, I'm in the midst of a massive transition, um, where I'm leaving Boston, and mm. um, just last night, my, uh, my my extended family, like they they just decided that they were going to, um, you know, throw a big um like dinner party, quote unquote, um, at the legendary Kowloon's in, in Saugus, which is just north of Boston. So if you ever in Boston and you love exquisite Chinese food, you mm-hmm. need to go to Kowloon's. It is owned by the Wong family, Mr. Andy Wong and, uh, and the Wong family, like, it's like shout out to them. Like they have been nothing short of, um, incredible, uh, to me. And it's, it's been, it's, it's been like, how do I put it? It's been eventful. It's been a lot of just reflecting. Um, and, you know, like I think about just life, my career, and just, you know, that it's been so so full of risk-taking and, you know, and like having the balls to actually do something that very few people um, do, or, or have been able to do. Right. Um, I, I I do I look back on it with, with such a great deal of gratitude, and for the first time, there's there is a piece of me that's not going crazy in terms of wondering what the future will look like. Because as I, the one thing I've learned throughout this process, I don't know what the future like looks like. Right. What's going to happen next? I don't control tomorrow. God does. So, I think for me right now, I am, you know, I'm just taking it a day at a time. Um, just, you know, just reflecting, take just taking a step back and just really looking at everything. And um, like my close friends have been really, um, they've, they've been just extraordinary. Um, the love that I have received um, from so many people on social media, um, when I dropped the news that I was going to be leaving Boston, um, has it's it's been touching in 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 many ways like but especially when when people in the sports media industry um like reach out to you personally and they're like yo like you know like feel free to use me as a reference or like yo i'm sad to see you leave but 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 you know what I, i really wish you nothing but the absolute best um it means a lot and especially the people that i that i look up to and i i respect um, like that in itself is something that um, that I'm 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 humbled by, and as I said, I'm just taking everything a day at a time, just really, um, just reflecting on what has been a crazy journey so far. Just, just even the last um, the last two plus years, it's been right. crazy. But um, but I but I do genuinely believe deep down like the, like the best just really have yet to come and i'm excited to see what's next dude it's a it's amazing man look first of all congratulations on the next step uh and, and it's cool to see you know especially and you'll notice in this industry it's hard sometimes to find a good support system one because there's so many people 
trying to do what you're doing or trying to do what you do. And you don't know if these people are genuinely caring about you or they're just trying to do whatever it is to get to the next step oh, in yeah. their in their career. And mm -hmm. it's it's a very tough industry uh, to be in or even yeah. attempt to be in because of those things. Uh, and I think, you know, as long as you can keep the foot forward, keep doing your thing and you're, you're, you're an example, you know, people got your back uh, and, you know, hey, the New York new move. Uh, could you know, will be your best move, or as they said on Boondocks, make your next move your best move. Best move. No, I know exactly. <laughs> my man, yeah. my man, Wansler, but uh, but yeah, so I mean, you know, congratulations on that, man, and nothing Thank but you. the best, nothing but the Thank best. You. Now, I'm going to Boston, uh, November 5th mm -hmm. or 4th for uh, Commanders and Patriots. Oh, so amazing. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and check Calhoun's in there. I'm Calhoun's. gonna make I'm Ka Calhoun's Calhoun's Calhoun's. I thought you said Cal. Okay, so Calhoun's. Oh, I'm after the show. I'm gonna get you to send that to me because I'm gonna go and check it out. Then I'm gonna you take pictures and send it to you, brother. When we when we get there. All right. So let's go ahead and get into it. Let's let's talk about how your uh, you know, where your passion for sports come from when you were uh, seven, eight, nine year old, nine years old. Uh, when did that the moment that you said, man, I'm in love with sports. I love sports. When did that happen for you? That's a phenomenal question. And and Darrell, like I, I'm going to really get into this one. Like I'm, I'm going to give you everything that I got with, the, with this question. Um, not that I wasn't before, <laughs> but because like that question, like it. It just opened up a, like a, a massive soft spot in the, in my heart um, in which that uh, maybe people don't really know like where it started, but just yesterday um, on Twitter, I tweeted out, um, you know, like how like my dad is the biggest reason why I'm even um, doing what I'm doing now, and I and I say that with every bit of um, with 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 fierce sincerity and and passion because. I don't think he knew what he was doing when I was seven, eight years old, growing up in, in New York, growing up in Brooklyn, New York, uh, when every morning, him, my mom, um, both, both, both of whom are alive and well, thankfully, um, they'd be cooking breakfast for me and my, my baby sister. And my dad would turn on Tins and Wins. And in New York, like if you're from the New York metropolitan area watching or listening to this podcast, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. Like there are maybe three or four, but there's two like major news radio stations in New York that everybody knows about. Um, like Tintin Wins and WCBS 880 being the other one, but it was for me it was Tintin Wins. So every morning my dad would turn that on and I would hear the voice of Lee Harris or James Faraday um, or the now retired um, Judy DeAngelis, also Lee Harris, who just retired recently as well. I would hear their voices in the morning, and like they're doing like news radio, um, and and I, that was like my first introduction to radio. And it was like, oh, this sounds so fun! Like to be able to hear them say, "Good morning, it's eight a.m. on this on this Tuesday, November, blah blah blah." I'm Lee Harris, and here's what's happening. Transit, transit and traffic on the ones. Here's Pete Toriello. Like just, it was just so right amazing to hear that. I'm like, yo, this is so fun. Oh my god! Like, just imagine just being able to 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 just do that for a living. And then, um, in the '90s, late '90s, um, I started falling in love with baseball. 
and the Yankees in New York at that time, they were the kings of of New York. It was not even it wasn't close. It wasn't there's no shade to the Knicks because the Knicks had had their extraordinary um, run of success in the 90s. But everyone in New York, in the New York metropolitan area, knew that it was Yankees in October. What what were they going to do in October? Who are they going to play in the World Series? There, there, there was that. that <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this as like to be cocky or to be like a, an it was a, true. Yankee fan, but no, it's it's truly the. If you didn't live through that era, and I know that you obviously did, but if you right. didn't live through that era, you you truly didn't understand. You don't. We wouldn't understand. No. But no. it was the truth. <laughs> like in the, in the '90s and the early 2000s, it was literally the Yankees in the World Series every year, almost every year. Basically. Yeah, it was like from like '96 to 2000. '96 to like 2001. Yeah, like, yeah, five times in six years. I mm-hmm. would even extend it a little bit longer because I mean, y'all there was 2003. Like 2000, yeah, 2003. Yeah. I mean, but you guys were amazing during that time frame. And it was true. Yeah. Like who? Like I think maybe one year. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't make it to the World Series. Not, it was 97, 97. 97. They, they lost in, to the Indians in the first round in right. the division series, and then 2002 lost to the Angels. Um, both teams in both instances would go on to go to the World Series, right. years, respectively. But, um, but I fell in love with baseball, and I didn't know that it was possible to, um, to like talk sports on radio until I. The first time, and I'll never forget this, the first time I heard sports on radio in New York was WFAN, summer of 2004. I was 12 years old at the time. And it was it was me listening to Mike and the Mad Dog go at it. And for those of you that, don't, that are old enough to remember Mike and the Mad Dog, ladies and gentlemen, sports talk as you know it now, I don't care what market you're in, it wouldn't exist without Mike and the Mad Dog. That's a fact. It would not exist without them, because they were the first, and like not the first, but they were the, they became the golden standard as to all sports talk shows are, are held in terms of entertainment, in terms of being able to have the back and forth, and and you know we all, we all know of Mike Francesa and um, and Christopher Mad Dog Russo, who obviously right. does his national work with ESPN and as well as Sirius XM Radio for for many years now. Um, Without those two, sports talk as we know it would, would cease to exist. So I started listening to them, and I was like, oh, my God, this is possible? So at that point, at age 12, I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, this this is what I absolutely want to do for the rest of my life. And, <laughs> and it's funny that I say that because when I entered my freshman year of high school, and I remember this 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 moment vividly. I, my mom and I talked about this, you know, a few times in the past. Um, when I told her what I wanted to do, she didn't support me initially. She was concerned about, like, I mean, are you going to be able to make make enough money? Right. Blah blah blah. Like, would I go for something that's going to pay you like a, a great deal of money? I'll ne- and I'll never forget what ultimately changed everything in terms of her. And now she is my number one fan. It's. Like she's like literally my 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 cheerleader for everything that I've ever done, like career wise, and as well as my life. So, fast forward to my junior year of high school. This is two thousand seven, two thousand eight um, school year. Thanksgiving break. This is November of seven. I go to New York, um, and I just you know went to New York go go um, visit my dad and spend time with him. 
and I'll never forget the night. It was, I think it had to be like the night before um, Thanksgiving. I go to his job and he asked me like, what do you want to do? Because at that point, we all know when you get to junior year, you got to make decisions on terms of like, what do you want to do yeah. for college, colleges, if this is if this is the route that you're choosing or whatnot, or the, the route that you're influenced to go towards, you got to make decisions. So I told my dad, like, I want to, you know, get into sports like radio, like, you know, it's a media. And he's like, if this is what you want to do, then do it. But make sure that you put everything that you got into it. Mm. That moment absolutely changed everything. It changed everything because I felt like there was a major boulder lifted off of my chest. And it was like, okay, I know what I want to do. What do I, like, what do I do? Like, I mean, what major do I I take journalism. I say, okay, this is what I'm gonna do, and that's where my my, my love of uh, of sports and radio like really came in. It was it wasn't even through sports; it was through news. Um, yeah. It was through growing up um, to waking up to tints and winds every weekday morning, and even even some weekends, but but primarily weekday mornings. Um, and and then also. Um, to be honest with you, living through 9-11 in New York, um, and to to t- and to be frank with you, the news coverage of that day and, and obviously being um, being in New York that day, and I said and everything I remember still distinctly to this day, um, influenced me even more that this is what I want to do. Like sports is just, sports is the candy land of life. Like Agreed. Agreed. It, it really is the canon. It's not life and death. What people had to do that day in terms of news, media, and whatnot truly involved life and death because there were thousands of lives lost, as we know. So that created an even deeper spark within me that this is what I want to do. I'm not, I don't care how long it takes. This is what I'm going to invest my heart and soul, my blood, sweat, and tears into. So that that's where it all came from. Man, see, and it's crazy because, like, when you when you get that itch when you're younger and you finally figure out exactly what you want to do. And I love the fact that your parents supported you on that. Uh, yeah. You know, it may have took mom a little bit longer, but it's good that they supported you all the way on that. I, I'll, I'll throw this in there real quick. It's funny because, like, with my parents, like, my my mom was like, nah, bro. <laughs> so it took a while. Like, I mean, I, t- I took the long journey to get to this point. Um, yeah. You know, and. You know, it, it wasn't until I was 30 and I said, all right, Darrell, you've always wanted to do this. You've been doing PA announcing for 24 years. You've been doing this and that. You know what you want to do. You want to do play by play. You want to do this. You want to, you know, and it was one of those things where I said, OK, I got to make the leap. Now, social media obviously made it a little bit easier for us to to get to that, yeah, to, to definitely get to that point. Um, and you know, obviously, you know, you want to still, you know, pay your dues. I mean, if personally for me, I know I want to pay my dues to get to that point, seven years into this now. Uh, and I, you know, I wanted to pay my dues no matter what to get to where I am. I, I think that's a big, big part of it. Um, you know, and speaking, you know, you, you took that college journey. Uh, can you take us through your college journey, uh, and how you got to this point in your career right now? Ooh, uh, my college journey was wild. I mean, <laughs> no I parties, mean, right? You're speaking of the big smile on my you face. Know, no, 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 you was a saint, right? No parties, right? Oh, no, no, no. no. I was definitely I was definitely no saint. I was yeah. like, look, like don't, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I actually was not a person that parted, parted much in college. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I never did. Like, I, I went to a couple of parties here and there. Yeah, yeah here and there. But, 
But outside of that, it was like 98% of the time. Nah. And but what's you know what's you know what's hilarious? And this is the aspect of it that I love talking about because I feel like people need to hear this. So I look at my college years in New York. I went to LIU, Long Island University, Brooklyn campus, um, from between 2009 and 2015. I look at that in, in two in two parts. The first part was the the self learning journey, where when you're between the ages of 18 and 21, during those during those years in college. You're trying to learn and figure out who you are. And I strongly believe that, that those years are truly the most critical years of your life. Not because of career, not because of money, not because of, of um, a social influences. is because you have to figure out who, who you are, who do you want to be. So a lot of those times when I, like those Friday nights and Saturday nights where People are, you know, going out to either parties or going out doing this, yada, yada, yada. To tell you the truth, uh, Darrell, I spent a lot of those times alone. Mm. Like, honestly, like, I can remember distinctly, um, it'll be a Friday, and I just finished my, like, Friday prayer on campus. I have no classes. I'm hanging out with my fellow uh, Muslim friends and whatnot. And come, let's say, 4.30, 5 o'clock, it's just me. And it's like, okay, what can what am I going to do tonight? I didn't go partying. More more times than not, what I ended up doing was I would either do, I would either go to um to Newport Mall in Jersey City. I'll take mm-hmm. the path either from 33rd Street or from or from the World Trade Center across the Hudson, the Newport Mall. I'll go to the movies. I would go sit there, go enjoy a movie or two. And or I would go to the spot called um, Port Imperial, um, where I I still believe that that particular spot um, in Weehawken, New Jersey, is got the best views of the New York skyline you probably would ever find. Mm-hmm. And I would just sit there, not because I was angry. I was just I would just sit there and just just be to myself. And through that process, I learned that the most powerful thing you can do as an individual learn to enjoy your own company hmm. because those three years and I, again this is only part one of my college experiences between 09 and 12 that i had to learn how to enjoy my own company because 95 percent of the time i didn't have anybody to hang out with either not because i didn't reach out but when i did it was either oh i'm busy or, or, or whatever the excuse was <laughs> it's like man i'm sorry i, I ain't got I'm, to have it no. yeah like so it's like, it's like all right I'm going to enjoy my own company. I'm going to enjoy that because if I don't learn to enjoy my own company, like you become too dependent on company Mm. from other people. Mm. And that you set yourself up for failure because at the end of the day, you got to learn to be able to sit somewhere by yourself and be okay with just the, the deafening silence. You have to be okay with that. So for me, though that, first part of my of, of my college journey it was literally about discovering who i am discovering what my strengths are and just and working on developing that and it was because of that and i and i maintain this point to this day if i didn't learn how to be okay being by myself 
I don't think I make the move to Boston. In fact, I don't think it happens because the move to Boston in itself was a whole nother level of balls, of, of ballsy. And more, I'm more on that a little later on. So now it takes me to part two of my college career. This is from between 2012 to 2015. 2012-13, that, that school year, I remember um, being in a – in, in, a, in an interesting place um, in time, whereas a, I was going through a personal transition um, in terms of like life, you know, heartbreak, my dad nearly um, dying from a near fatal stroke in February of 2012. Um, he, like he survived and he's, he's, he's doing, he's doing fine now. Awesome. Um, awesome. And I remember that fall of 2012 as being a, a point where I was just like, you know, where do I begin? Like I had been co-hosting on college radio, but I never really had my own platform like at all. I was doing co-hosting shows on WLIU, but I never really had my own platform or didn't know what like, what to do next. So spring 2013 was the first turn of the tide was... I had an undergrad class. Um, my professor was Joe Laponte. Um, he he had worked in, I believe, in Detroit for many years. And he, that time, and this is going to ring a lot of bells for a lot of sports fans, but that time there was one major story happening in sports. I mean, there's a lot of stories happening at the time, but there was one that dominated the conversation. That was the Mante Tayo girlfriend Ooh. hoax. Oh, that, was ten, that was that was <laughs> ten years ago. Amazingly, right? That's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so great, great documentary on Netflix, by the way. So yeah, so now I remember when the story really gained started getting traction, like around January of 20, 2013, mm-hmm. and like ESPN all that time. This is this is when ESPN, in my opinion, was still truly at at the peak of its powers in terms of sports shows, content, right. daily conversations, and so forth. And I remember my professor, after the spring semester of 2013 began, he said, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. Because right now the conversation is about Mente Teo. How will this impact his draft stock and everything else? We're going to we're going to work on this as a story. Like, we're going to practice as if this is a newsroom. And that you're a journalist. So what we're going to do is that we're going to have a select number of students be credentialed to go to the NFL draft at Radio City Music Hall. Keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, this is at the time, towards the end of that time, where the NFL was still doing the draft annually at Radio City Music Hall. And if you've never been fortunate enough to to have gone to one of these, Mm -hmm. you truly missed out on an an incredible opportunity and as well as experience. Because Radio City Music Hall for the draft – it's like a oh my god pinch me moment because you walk around and I'm and I'm seeing this from from a perspective of being credentialed and being a scholar at the time, but I remember walking around and seeing media personalities that I looked up to like Jay Glazer was there. Uh-huh. I remember rubbing arms with um with, with Eddie George. He was there. He took a photo with me. And I still have that photo on um on, on Facebook somewhere. But I just remember those things. I was like oh my god, this is this is like the first taste of. Sports media? Hell yeah, I'm in. Yeah, man. I, this is what this is what I want to do. Like, so at that point, I just wanted to learn, like, okay, 
what are the mannerisms? How do I carry myself? How do I, um, how do I, I interact with other members of, of media? And I remember running into an individual who sadly just passed away, I think within the last couple of weeks, um, Bill, Bill Chackles, um, who Kyle Nash um, was very much familiar with um, for like this is back like a decade ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran into him and I met him at the draft. And I just remember um, it was through him who I, I met. It was introduced to Ralph Garcia and then later on Don Stokes. And then as well, later on as Kyle Nash and, um, and later on, like, you know, John Doucette, who I, I all worked with at, with NGN and then um, NGSC Sports during that time where it was, I was just doing rate, like, internet radio shows. It was mostly about the NFL, like, 90, 95% was about the NFL, the 5% was maybe a little bit of college football or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that was my first introduction to like, you know, radio, like doing internet radio, you know, being a co-host and whatnot. So fast forward to the end of my college years, um, like this is spring 2015 now. I'm 23 and I'm in, I remember like being inside of the library during finals week. And I remember just scrolling through, browsing while studying, and seeing an opportunity that caught my eye, internship with ESPN New York 98.7 FM. And I remember I said this, I said this to myself, and I remember saying this loud. I'm like, you know, you've got nothing to lose. Shoot your shot. You've got nothing to lose. So I, I applied, took my time, applied. And I completely forgot about it. Like, God is my witness. I completely forgot about it. <laughs> so I turn around. This was July. This is now in the midst of summer 2015. I'm walking around Coney Island one day. This was a Friday afternoon. And I remember it well. It was hot. Um, and my phone is buzzing. So I'm a Florida number. And I'm like... I don't answer numbers I don't recognize. So I'm looking <laughs> at my iPhone and I'm like, I don't know who this is. Now. I don't know who this and is. Go to voice message. And go to voice and message. Then, right. And then not even a, 90 seconds later, I get another ring, but there's a voicemail. I'm like, okay. So I, I pick it up. Hi, this is so and so from 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 Walt Disney. We we got your application for the for the fall internship at, at ESPN New York. And we would like to schedule an interview with you. I'm like, what? I'm like, get out, stop it. My heart is at this point. My at this point, my heart is racing. I'm like, what? And at this point, I'm like, oh my god, I gotta call her back. I'm like, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't recognize your number at all. Yes, I like to schedule an interview. Interview was scheduled. I think about a week or two later. I don't remember exactly um, the date, but I spoke with the program director at the time, Justin Gregg, who's now. The the um, the boss man at ESPN Radio, but he was um, the program director at ESPN New York ninety eight point seven FM at the time, and I remember just 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 being this frenzy like I know I know I know I gotta tell him what I know I gotta tell him what I know, and then he smiled and decided to side of the phone. I remember him saying, "Shukri, I know all the stats. I just I just wanna just wanna get your thoughts. I just wanna just 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 wanna hear you." And I was like, "Okay, okay, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll slow down. I'll slow down." Conversation went well, and by the end of that conversation, I'm just like, I want this so bad. <laughs> this is the same station who I, 
who I, I, who I, I, at that point for several years, you know, listened to when I did the, um, did on um, WFAN, um, this was a station I listened to with Michael K, Don LaGreca, um, Alan Hahn, like just a number of personalities I listened to religiously. And I'm like, man, I hope I get this. So I, I so I'm praying now. It's like late August. I'm like, I, I haven't heard anything. So I'm just like, I got to hear something. So I reached out to the person who contacted me for the interview to be done to begin with. I contacted her and she was like, actually, we do have an update for you. But what time is a good time to like to talk to you about it? And I was like, hmm. I'm, I'm actually free now. But yeah, let's, <laughs> let's talk. She was like, listen, so we did make a decision and we um, we actually want to offer you the, the, the opportunity and my jaw. Sitting on the B-26 in Brooklyn, New York, my jaw dropped. Like, I was like, is this for real? She's like, yeah, we're, we're like, we're like, we we want to offer you the internship. And at that point, I'll never forget just feeling just so euphoric. And I was like, this is so incredible. And I remember sharing the news with my parents and they were just like elated for joy. And I was just like, this is a station I grew, I, I spent my my teenage years listening to like, are you kidding me? Like, this is insane. So, um, so yeah, like that internship those for those three months, like was probably the most, the most fun three months uh, of my life so far. And that's, that was my first taste of what working in a radio station is like and what, and what that would um, entail and all of the hard work that goes on behind the scenes and as well as um, like, like on the mic and whatnot. So that was, that was my uh, my college journey for you, um, <laughs> like in more ways than one. Well, it, it's it's crazy because like you know, it's, there's nothing like that feeling you get, uh, especially you were talking about when you were in um at radio, not Radio Row, but um when you were at uh, Music City uh, Radio Hall, yeah. and I, I just it, there's nothing like that first feeling when you get into that first big event and they're like, hey, you know, uh, and you're trying to figure out where you where do I stand in this? How yeah. do I make this work? Mm-hmm. How do I you know network? And the networking is the biggest part of all of this. It I is. think I, I oh, mean yeah. people people don't I think a lot of people don't realize the networking is the biggest part of this media this media business this media game whatever way you want to mm-hmm. phrase it. But it, it's such a huge part and just being able to to be you know I, I mean we've both done it now for years. And you get to a point you said you, you get used to it. You use you get used to, it, but you never get used to it. It's Correct. like every time you pull up, you're like, "Man, I still can't believe that I'm able to do the stuff that I looked at as a child and said to myself, "Man, one day I'm gonna be there." Well, you're doing it now. You're doing it now, and there's yeah. nothing like that feeling. Uh, and you know, you never. And when you're when you're having that feeling in somewhere that you in a job or a position that you love, uh, you know, it never gets boring to you, and you you never. You know, that's that. Hey, I'm get a chance to be excited going to work every day. That's the vision you get from that. It's it's oh, a yeah. beautiful, beautiful thing. All right, so let's. Uh, we got two more things before we head to our next segment. First, let let's, let's talk about how uh, you know your your current career. You know, you're you're doing a little bit of everything now. I, I'm not even gonna try to. Um, <laughs> I'm not even gonna try to. Uh, you know, individualize it because you got so much going. on. You do play by play. You're on the you know the radio station. Uh, you know, you, you know, you write. You do a little bit of everything, Shukri. Uh, just kind of tell us about your career right now. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you do some play by play for ESPN Plus. It's just I can go on and on, but just give us a little bit on your career right now, uh, and just just how things are going on that. 
I've been blessed. I really have. I really cannot complain at all. Like I've gotten to the door, the doorstep of of places that um, that just even four years ago I didn't, I couldn't have possibly dreamed of. Um, and I want to actually start by talking about um, like the, just the journey that 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 has taken me up up to this pl- point because I think there's a there is something to be learned. Um, about the journey that one goes through and undertakes in order to reach a level of greatness. Um, and for me, as I am now in my final days living in Boston, um, I look back at four and a half years ago um, in the spring of 2019. At that point, I had been living in Boston now for a little more than two years and i was just not in a happy place like i didn't have any of what i have now or or what i've been blessed with Mm -hmm. um and i'm like what the hell i like what am i gonna do like how where where is this where is this taking me like how am i gonna get to this next level where how am i gonna get to this place and i just remember this one conversation I had with um, someone who I was um, dating at the time. And I remember the one thing that she said that really stood out and it stood out big time. And she said, you know, if you really want to do this, you need to be reaching out to people who are already doing what you do because there's because there's more than one, there's more than one window to a house. Hmm. And that stood out to me like above all, Above everything else she said in that conversation, but that that aspect, that advice, I took and ran with it. And we got back into Boston on that night because we, we went up to New Hampshire. We got back to Boston that night. And I remember cracking open my um, my laptop. And, you know, I reached, sent out DMs to people um, who were working in the industry. Only one person got back to me. Only one. That one person is like is the radio voice of the New England Patriots or 985 the Sports Up. He was the only one that got back to me. Mm. And he quickly became my mentor in more ways than one. Um he I remember this other advice that also came about later that spring, which was like around maybe May or June of that year, 2019. I remember um he was telling me that, you know, because at that point I was like, you know what, I'm thinking about leaving Boston at that time. I was thinking about it then, but he was like, you know, why don't you look into community radio stations? Why not look into those radio stations in which that community members can be a part of and see and see like what's there, host your own radio show, get all the reps you can get because it's about reps, all the reps you can get and just take it from there. And through amazingly enough, <laughs> I'm on Facebook and a good friend of mine, Pete, he's live streaming on Facebook live his radio show, WMFO. And I was like, oh. So I Google it, Medford. I'm like, this is just right outside the city. Right. Look into it furthermore. Oh, I need to reach out to the program director. Okay. We shot to the program director. They got back to me about I think about a couple of weeks later. And they were like, hey, uh, 
So if you want to host your own radio show, you're going to have to go through like trainings, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, let's go. And went through the trainings, went through everything, passed it, passed the test with, with flying colors. They're like, congratulations, you have your own radio show now. And that was my first, oh my God, moment where it was like, shoot, you're now a radio host. It hit me like on the air. People can listen to you like wherever. And it's like, it hit me hard. It hit me hard. And, and I, and it really dawned on me then, like shortly after my, my now late uncle, um, I remember him distinctly telling me like, shoe, you do understand, you do have to realize that there are a lot of people who never even get that chance mm. to even host their own radio show. And you did that. And that, and and I just remember hearing the the joy in his voice and my mom's voice. That was that was her brother. Um, I just remember hearing the joy in their voices. It was just like, wow, okay. Um, and and then at the end, I remember him telling me like, you know, don't don't stop now, don't stop because there's there's still more. You gotta go. You right. still, yeah, but don't. But this, but this is huge. And I just remember um, thinking. By the time I got to December 2019, I said, you know what? I want to leave this job that I've, that I've been unhappy at, at uh, the Brigham Women's Hospital that I was working at the time mm-hmm. um, and just pursue this full time. Man, <laughs> if I knew then how hard it is, I wouldn't, I don't think I would have made that move, but. Right. But in January of 2020, um, at this point, I have free time on my hands. I'm like, mm-hmm. listen, I'm going to do 6 a.m. shows. I'm going to you know, hustle and bustle and, bu- and bust my ass to do this. And then Sunday, January 26 came around. And, I, and I'll never forget where, what I was and what I was doing the day, that very day. It was Sunday, as as we all remember, and I was actually um, on my way to a very important meeting at WMFO Mm -hmm. for plans for that spring of 2020. Little that we know at that time just yet. Oh, oh yeah, 2020. And I remember getting a DM from a good friend of mine who I grew up with in New York, and he was like, yo, shoo. Kobe died. And I'm like, what? I'm like, dude, don't don't joke around. That's not funny. I'm not laughing at all. Like, that's that's just not funny. Like, so I get on the bus at Harvard Square, and my phone starts buzzing. Breaking news, conflict. There is reports of Kobe and his daughter and seven others perishing in a helicopter crash in Calabasas, California. I'm like, Yeah, man. My and I and that was. I, and I remember this moment, this moment is frozen in the top of my head. People on that bus getting the same notifications, and they were and they were like, oh, my God, Kobe died? And I just remember just being frozen in shock. That that day, where I'm on my way to the, to the, to that meeting for, for the radio show, at, at, at the radio station, and I'm like, Kobe just died. And I, th- and I get off the bus at my stop, and I remember 
getting there, and I told people, I don't know if you guys know, but Kobe just died. Kobe who? Kobe Bryant just died. Crazy. It's still crazy. And it's still crazy. It's even still three, crazy. Even three years to later, and even though like his like his forty fifth birthday just 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 came and went, but it's still crazy. This thing just three and a half years later, like. Man, that day and that, and that radio show that I did, the tribute to, to Kobe that week, was probably the probably was one of the two most proudest radio shows that I've done. Mm-hmm. But it was hard. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like I remember crying for days. Like I, I no shame and honestly admit I was emo- I was crying for days. Like just it was just so tragic there was no way that no one who was alive at that time was not impacted on some level of kobe's death it it put you in a funk really because because i I remember i was when it happened i was covering the uh, university of richmond women's basketball they were taking on davidson and -hmm. i was about to go do my halftime report oh you know do like a little halftime report and you post it on our page or whatever and as it was going on, I was sitting on the side, and uh, and I see it, and I said, whoa. And I said, that ain't real. Then I got people, like you said, just hitting me up, hitting me up. Darrell, is this true? I'm like, I'm finding out. Like, y'all are finding out. I don't know. And then, as you know, I had to do my half-time report. We ended up talking about that. And I I think to this day, it's like it was like the start of what was going to be the next the weird couple of years. And, that, <laughs> and, that, and I, I, got, I, I got something for you on that right now. So I remember – like after that it was again like people were just in a funk in a, just this weird headspace going into like in february of that year like me i was still trying to like you know bust like bust my chops and everything um to do to to, to do to like, to like to just try to like you know grind and like make it and then march rolls around and at this point this is like the beginning of march um we started hearing like at least for me, I started hearing little whispers about COVID. I'm like, okay, like whatever. Yeah, right. And then whatever. And then I started hearing more and more and more whispers. And I'm like, okay, what the hell is this thing? But at that point, I had personally I had no reason to be worried. I'm like, what the hell am I worried about? Yeah, right. And like so okay, now I'm not nowhere near here. We don't care about right. that. Like <laughs> yeah. Now March eleventh comes around. And I'll never forget this particular night in specifically for a reason. I'm on my way to TD Garden for, for a work shift because the Celtics had initially been scheduled to play um, the Friday night, mm-hmm. that Friday, March 13th. They had a home game. And I was on my way there to work, to work an extra shift just to pick up some extra money or whatever. ESP and breaking news. I'm on a FaceTime call with, with with someone I was talking to at the time. Breaking news: Rudy Gobert has tested positive for COVID. NBA season shut down indefinitely. I'm like, ex- I'm like, what? Like, excuse me? I'm like, excuse me? Like, come again? And I just remember re- just being in a state of shock. And I walked into TD Garden. And I tell my colleagues, like, guys, I don't know if you guys have heard the news, but Rudy Gobert just has a positive. And Adam Silver has just suspended the season indefinitely. And people are looking at me like, okay. <laughs> like, okay no, right. no, nobody was, like, taking it serious. And it was just like, wow. And I just remember the next day, the very next day, 
at this point, people were talking like if the NBA is suspending its season indefinitely, what about the other three sports, the other three major sports, including March Madness, which was scheduled to have started as well? And I went to the radio station because something told me that, by the way, what you should do is go to the radio station, go on air, because something major is about to happen. And I went on air. I was talking about the Rudy Gobert situation, the NBA and whatnot. And I remember getting the notification because I was following it live on the show. Mm-hmm. Breaking news, the NHL has decided to suspend its season indefinitely. Um, and then it was MLB. And there was because those were the three leagues that were in season at that time. Right. March Madness announced this cancel the tournament. And I was on the air for two hours. And I just remember by that point, I was like, yo, this is getting real. Yeah. And I leave the radio station and I'm and like I'm talking to um to, to someone at that at that time that afternoon, and I get an email from the program director. Hey, um, I I really hate to be the bearer of bad news, but we're going to be shutting down the station indefinitely as of tomorrow night. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean, sir? Like, <laughs> like we're, we're shutting down the station. We no one will be able to have in person access. And that's when everything came like crashing down in terms of just the reality. So at that point, I was like, this is real. This is not good. And now we're talking about places starting to shut down, you know, like in just just everything. And and at that point, it was hard. Um, it was really it was a really bitter um, pill to, to swallow. And I thought about this yesterday. I think it was either yesterday or the day before. But I remember thinking to myself, you know what? The this pandemic that just happened. I think. And this is going to be controversial, but I'm going to say it anyway. But I think this was actually the best thing that could have happened to me. I deeply feel that way. Uh, I want to explain why. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a horrible time in the world. Absolutely. absolutely. There's no disputing that. It was really rough for, for, in terms of people for mental health. I know because I that, because that was the, my first thought of my first time dealing with anxiety. But what came from that period was a discovery of how to create content in terms of podcasts mm, yeah, and networking with people because everybody was sitting in, their, in, 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 in our homes at that time. No one was going anywhere. Sports hadn't even returned yet. Ooh. So broadcasters and so forth, everybody's sitting in their house. So one advice that I got was start a podcast talk to people, reach out to people. And I did. And I spoke with Bob Sosa, the radio voice of the, of the, um, of the Patriots. I spoke with Bob McGilligan, um, the radio voice of the Cumberland's Blue Jackets. I spoke with Brian Anderson, the TV voice of the Milwaukee Brewers, NBA on TNT, MLB on TBS. I spoke to him on the pod, Damian Amendola. The list goes on like, throughout the pandemic, the shutdown. And I just remember like thinking, man, these people are actually listening. And and I had one of them, in fact, 
Brad Anderson flat out told me, like, dude, you're doing you're doing a terrific job, man. Like you've you accomplished a lot so far in a short period of time. Keep it up. And for, for me to hear that from him directly right. in that episode, it was like, oh my God. Okay. So I just kept going. I just kept going. I just kept going. But what started out as something so innocent became much more larger than, than I could have ever realized or dreamed of. So at the end of the restrictions, like towards the end of it, this was now spring of 2021. Um, one afternoon, this was just because I was going to Bruins um, playoff game against the Islanders. It was the first game at full capacity, or basically near full capacity at the gun where people could stand shoulder to shoulder, um, but you still had to wear a mask inside per city of Boston. And I remember um, making a video, you know, trying to pump people up going to the game. And that video just went viral. And people loved it. And I just, I was like, listen, I'm just a fan. I'm just someone. I just love the Bruins. Right. Cool. Thought nothing much of it. And then after that, it just led me to doing another video. Now went went viral again, and I'm like, okay, there's definitely something here, okay. And then Bruins lose or we're struggling in that series against the Islanders. I do another video. That one goes viral, and at this point, I'm like, there's something happening. I don't know what this is. <laughs> but you need to whatever this is. Keep, keep doing, doing it. These, keep doing, doing it. Bruins videos. <laughs> Keep going. Not long after, someone reaches out to me and said, hey, um, I have a friend of mine that does a national show for for SportsMap Radio Network, which has over uh, over 100 affiliates uh, nationwide. And I was like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, I think you should reach out to him, like, you know, get your chance to do, you know, co-host a national show and whatnot. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm going to do that. And I did, and the rest is history. And then um, after that, you know, I still continue to do like do more contents and whatnot. And so much so that now media outlets have started writing about me when I said that I think Sweet Caroline should be banned from Fenway Park. That one was like a was like a wow. This radio station is now start writing articles about me. Okay, <laughs> say less. So now at this point. I'm just continuing to create more and more and more content and, and, and things along those lines. But then after that, it was just a continuation of just, just more and more and more um, like things that were just happening like to me and for me. And now people are now approaching me in the streets where it's like, I'm dead serious. Like people are like, are you so-and-so? Oh, you that you that guy from Twitter? I'm like, I have a name. Yeah, the guy from I, Twitter. I, I have a I, name. I, I learn, <laughs> learn my name, please. And at first, I was just like really like overwhelmed by it all. I was like, this is crazy. Um, and it was just, it just became like pretty surreal. Like people were now recognizing me in the streets, like and, and things like that. And all the while, I was still doing my radio show, still doing the podcast, still doing, um you know, X, Y, and Z. So all of that was just continuing to just build, 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 and build. And 
at this point, I remember this was now well over a year ago. Um, someone told me in, in Boston Sports Media that um, that now radio pro, pro program radio programmers um, were now recognizing what I'm doing. It was like seriously. They're like, yeah, like you're like conversations are now being held. I had about you. And at that point, it was just like, okay, um, I'm just gonna keep doing what I do because, because right. like, the, the, if you're going to, if you're gonna uh, make it in this industry, you gotta be willing to put yourself out there. You gotta be able to willing, be willing to like create content 100%. and whatnot, and not be afraid like, to, to do that. And as far as the play-by-play opportunity um, was concerned. It didn't, I don't think it came because of the um, because of the content I was creating. I think it came because of the the networking, really, more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I first started two years ago, um, you know, broadcasting like high school football games, and then I had a couple of um, opportunities to um, to do play by play for like you know, you know high school hockey and then college hockey was college hockey and then high school hockey um, and whatnot. So. One afternoon, this was March of last year. I um, I was just in a funk. I was pretty upset about some things that were happening, and I go to the mosque. I go, I pray, and I leave. Phone 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 buzzes. I get a message on LinkedIn. Hi, this is so and so from 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 Brown University. We, we we saw your content on LinkedIn. And we were wondering if you'd be interested in broadcasting um, a select uh, number of games on ESPN Plus for for Brown University baseball. I'm like, mm. by all means. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me. This was again. This is out of nowhere. Like, right. Only only the Almighty knows what he was. He knows what he was doing in that moment in time. So he reaches out to me, and I'm like. I need to do some Google re- real quick just to see, like, okay, this is brown. Is this real? Oh, yeah. It's an Ivy League school in Providence, Rhode Island. It's oh, real. where are the games broadcast? Oh, on ESPN Plus. I'm like, what? Yeah, I'm, I'm very interested. Yes, I, I, I like to talk with whoever. I'll be there. <laughs> and they, they literally offered me the job the very same day. That's awesome. And that's how my, my broadcasting career began. And, um, you know, and like so, I, I, as I said, like I've been fortunate, I've been blessed, um, you know, to do what I do. Um, but I would also say that there's definitely been a lot of, um, you know, learning to do, you know, on my part in terms of uh, what I need to do to get better and continue to get better. Um, so yeah, like I, I would say that number one, networking, and then also create content, continue to do what you do now, and and that's going to certainly open up doors for you, especially when like when, when the time is right and like when when, when God um like is, is ready to open those doors for you. And see fit and, you know I look it's funny um you know you're hundred percent on that the networking will continue to be the biggest piece of that. I was I want to go back and say something about uh 2020 real quick before we move on. Uh you know it's funny because when 2020 hit that's how this show got started. The, the, you know you were talking about the podcast like yeah. you know we were the our network was in a good spot. You know we were starting to grow and then boom this happens. And, oh, okay, what do we do now? So I went through started this podcast. Then 
I started doing play by play on like Madden games. I, I started a tournament yeah. and was like, all right, look, look, we don't have sports right now, but we're going to do Madden and we did the NBA finals. We may not have the NBA finals, but we're going to do it. So I, every day I sat in this room and I'm like, I got to get people were like, yo, Darrell, I'm watching the game tonight. What time it start? <laughs> people was hitting me like, hey, what time it start? People was taking pictures of their jersey talking about Bears taking on the four, all-time 49ers team tonight. We we about to show them who run the prize. It's like I said, everything was like, I just did the play-by-play while Madden was like the computer did it. And it was so much fun. Cal told me, he was like, Darrell, that's the first time that I met you was watching you do, uh, you know, the play-by-play. And so, <laughs> but it, it was such a crazy time because you had to be very smart. Yes. Had to be, you, you had to like try to figure out, all right, we're growing, but sports is gone. How do you keep it growing? So that, you know, you had to take that leap and try to figure out where you go from there. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I will say this about your play by play. I love the fact that, you know, you just, you put it out there and it, and it came, and it came to you because you were patient and, and, and Hey, look, it just kind of grew into you. And now look at you, you're balling, my man, you're balling. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. All, right, all right, everybody, let's go to our next segment. It is time for quick ones. You ready for the Shrugi Wright's version of quick ones here on one on one? He says he's ready. He says he's ready. All I'm right. ready. I'm, I'm ready. I'm like, all right, bring, bring it on. I call them layups, but some people would be like, those ain't layups. All right, but <laughs> <laughs> the, first one, the first one we got, your favorite sports moment, Shukri. What was your favorite sports moment? Favorite sports moment. Um, I got to go with. Man, that's a tough one. That is a tough, there's, so, there's so many of them, but like, if I have to pick one, uh -huh. it would probably be um, Game Five of the 2001 World Series, Diamondbacks Yankees, um, bottom of the ninth. Scott Brocious hits a tying game tying homer in the bottom of the ninth of that emotional world series um the best one that i've seen in my lifetime um even though the yankees lost that world series but it's still by far the best one i've seen in my lifetime considering that um it, this was directly in the in the shadow of 9 11 right. um and and all of the recovery efforts are still happening at, at ground zero at that time um and just being an emotional time for not just new, only new york but as well as for the country um so yeah, I I would say I would say that for sure. Like just because it happened on back to back nights. The night before it was Tina Martinez who hit the tying home run in the bottom of the ninth, and then Derek Jeter missing November was born was born at shortly after midnight um in game four, which led into like the very next morning. It was it was on Halloween and then went to November first. That was the first time that November baseball was being played. But Scott Brocious Homer was it was shocking because no one expected it to happen again back to back nights, no less in the World Series, but it did, and that was at Old Yankee Stadium. So I definitely have to say Game Five of the 2001 World Series, Scott Brocious. Scott Brocious, there's a toss back. Tino Martinez, former Mariner, throw it out there real quick. I mean, even though we, we most people know him for his Yankee days, you know, as, as a former Mariner, I was a, I was a big Tino Martinez guy when he was there, so I love it. Next one, worst sports moment. Worst one, um, man, I gotta go with uh, that's brutal. 
the 04 Yankees, it's not even close. The 04 Yankees, the 04 ALCS, um, blowing a 3 0 series lead to the Boston Red Sox. Uh, yeah, I'll leave that. Yeah. I, I understand completely. <laughs> I don't yeah, want to. I want to drag up too many memories. <laughs> Next one, favorite athlete of all time. Favorite athlete of all time. <sighs> I like Jordan a lot. I love Jordan. Like Michael Jordan before the, before the Last Dance documentary. Like he was that guy for me. Uh, someone who grew up watching the NBA on NBC back in the day. Um, it was yeah, like that. That for him easily, it's got to be Jordan. It's, it's it's tough not to to love Michael Jordan. <laughs> it really was tough not to love Michael Jordan. You know, during that time frame, he was absolutely amazing, uh, and still is amazing. Somehow, Jordan is still doing his thing. Oh yeah, you know, he's not he's not the athlete, but Jordan is still 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 relevant. No yeah. matter what anybody says, mm-hmm. the goat. We, we're not gonna get into the goat debate because that's a whole other thing. Next one, worst actor. On TV slash movies, who's the worst? Like you just as you just like I can't stand listening watching this person as an actor. Um, you know, it could be on TVs or movies. Just just the worst. But like I don't, I'm not, I don't mess with that person. Uh that's tough because I don't have damn. Okay, you can name a couple. I'll let you name a couple if it makes it a little bit easier. So I would go with. Man, I'm I'm really really not a fan of um Amy. I think it's Amy Schumer. I, I don't. Oh, know. oh yeah, Schumer, the one that uh she was in a uh, train wreck with. Uh, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not yeah, a fan, yeah. I'm not a fan of her at all. I don't I'm think really she's not. funny. I don't think no, she's funny. <laughs> I don't think she is at all, honestly. Uh, so I gotta go with her. Like, like that. that would it's, be actually, cool. it's actually a really good one because I I don't think she's funny. I I, I agree with you 100 percent on that. Yeah. All right. So last one. Last one on quick ones. All right, so you go on bowling, right? And you can choose three celebrities to go with you bowling. Who are you taking with you? And they could be dead or alive. Um, for me, it would be Joy Taylor. Um, okay. mm, Joy Taylor. For me, it would also. I have to throw in. Um, I got. I got to throw in. Um, Tom Brady. Mm, yes, got to throw the goat. And and also. Third one, man. I'm gonna go unconventional here, but I would actually, um, I would actually would not mind taking with me, uh, man, Sama Haig. Oh, oh man, the, ch- the childhood crush, of course. Oh, the, ch- the childhood crush. That's a good one, man. Look, I, can I come? <laughs> like, I, I like, I, I, I would like to partake in this as well. Uh, I just want to throw that in there. <laughs> oh, all right, everybody. That was it for the Shukri Rights versions of Quick Ones here on One on One. And ladies and gentlemen, it is time to go to our last segment. It is time to leave your. Shukri, we want to thank you, brother. We want to thank you for coming on. And, and and spending time with us, telling us uh, about your career, telling us about how your life has went up into this point. We truly, truly appreciate you coming on, spending the time with us, man. And before we, before we go, before we go, last question, you know, when you decide to leave, when you decide to say, man, I'm hanging up the mic, I'm going to chill out, 
you know, I don't know what your drink of choice is. I'm going to throw a pina colada in there for now. But if you, I don't know what your drink of choice is, if you do drink, uh, uh, you know, if it's a root beer, that's fine, too. We're all down for that. <laughs> uh, but when you decide to hang it all up, um, you know, what type of impact do you want to leave in the sports journalism game or just in life in general? Someone who never gave up, um, even through all the trials and on trial and tribulations that I've gone through, um, like someone who never gave up and, and and really learned the lessons that I in terms of taking a chance on yourself, because I feel like my my life, my adult life, by a large part, has been about taking chances on yourself, and. I think that in itself, I, I really want hope that people would take that and use it as inspiration, because um, because it's it's not it's not always easy. And even days you're gonna have hard days, and you but you still gotta like you know overcome that and you know find your voice and to find that strength and, and to persevere through like the challenges and so forth. So, I would say, um, like simply put. I would hope that my leg, my last, uh, my lasting legacy on uh, when my time is up is, is someone who, 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 who didn't give up, someone who, um, like who persevered through like the difficult times, um, like you know, like not only found a way but continue to just keep trying, like to keep trying and keep trying, and I think that, I think just to be, and also just to even be remembered at all is what's what would really be most meaningful uh, for me. So. All right, man. There it is. Uh, great words of advice. Great, great vision there. Shukri, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you, brother? Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at Shukri Writes. Also find me on TikTok, the same handle at Shukri Writes. Instagram um, at S Writes Radio underscore. That's where you can find me on social media. There he is, ladies and gentlemen. Shukri Writes finishing it off properly. The right way, as we said earlier. Yes, pun intended this time. Finishing in the right way, our interview portion of one-on-one. Uh, you know, it's been a fun season or a fun part of the season. And as you know, ladies and gentlemen, we are about to trans uh, transition over to our one-on-one power rankings in the NFL. That'll start next week as we start to do our power rankings every week up until the end of the NFL season. Uh, very excited. Last year, I took a lot of heat. Um, <laughs> people didn't like the way I was doing the power rankings, and uh, they, they told me I was cheating. They was like, "Oh, Darrell, you, you you're just going by the records." I was like, "Yeah," because I feel like the record is the most proper way. But I still did the rankings within it. It just wasn't enough. People didn't like the way I was doing it. That's fine. Uh, it is what it is. But the, hey, it's my power rankings. You got yours. I got mine. <laughs> but with that being said, we're starting back up. It'll be uh, the first day of this uh, of the regular season. Uh, that power rankings will come to you at 6 p.m. Once again, our man Shukri writes. Thank you, Shukri. You are the man. Thank you for finishing this all properly, brother. My pleasure. Thank you, uh, Darrell, for having me on. It's been a blast uh, to be on the um, podcast episode with you today. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. That's it, everybody. This has been episode 104. We'll be back for episode 105 and our third year of the NFL Power Rankings. I'm Darrell Lawrence, Legacy Maker Sports Network. Legacy Maker, the all sports network. One, 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 one. 
welcome to the one on one. When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. I get the truth, then I give them the scoop. If anybody got a question, I give them the